Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. Today's co-host, Juliette Lamar. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. Glad you're here. You had a lot. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Our guest today was born in Addis Ababa, the capital of Ethiopia. She emigrated to the United States at the age of 14 to pursue higher education. After attending nursing school for three years, she realized that nursing wasn't her thing and decided to turn her career 180 and study the arts. Through a bit of luck, she landed an executive assistant job at the Ululu Company and is currently working on the animated series Disenchantment on Netflix. I've heard of Netflix. <laughs> and she recently gave birth to her first baby, Lili Akalu. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. I'm fascinated by you on many planes, yeah. and I want to learn about a lot of different things. Um, briefly, they are your journey here from Ethiopia, your professional journey into animated television. And um, for me, one of the most exciting is your birth journey, your pregnancy mm -hmm. and birth journey. How old is your little one? Yeah, well, she's a month and a half. Um, Does that feel like it was a long time or a short period of time? It went by so fast. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it went by really fast. I'm going back to work and I had three months off. And every day I'm like, oh, my gosh, I only have a month and a half left. Oh, my gosh. Aww. And it's, it's it's just going by really fast. It and she's really growing quickly. so fast. Yeah. 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 I remember looking for strollers for my firstborn. And then it was like three or four days later we were looking at high schools. That's what it felt oh. like. <laughs> That's really what it felt wow. like. That's what everyone says. And even with her, like I look at the pictures of her when she was first born. And now it's, it's a huge difference. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she's this big already. Right. And you don't see it. In person, because every day they get a little bigger. Mm -hmm. yeah. But when you look at those pictures, pictures. it's an amazing difference. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about growing up in Ethiopia, in uh, Addis Ababa. Yes. Um, I grew up, I was born in Ethiopia. I say Bubu, but it's Ababa. Ababa. Yes. Addis Ababa. I come from a huge family. I'm one of five, but my mom had 14 siblings. So Whoa. just do the math wow. of how many cousins you have. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> and we were all raised in one village. Everyone's house was walking distance. So every family get together. It's huge. Every day was just this huge event. <laughs> oh. And so coming to America, I came with my two brothers. and uh, You're we, one of five. Yeah, one of five. Which one are you? I am... The second, second oldest. Second oldest. Yes. So there's one above you. So is one of those your brother that you came with? So when I came, I came with the older one and with the younger one. The one so, right above you. You're the, yep, I'm the, the middle, middle one. of the cookie. Yes. Uh, what What made you guys come here? You were 14. Yes. My dad was here, and so um, he brought us to go to school. But my mom couldn't be alone back home, so we they kind of had to split oh, they it. Left, <laughs> they left the so, there. Yes, three of us come here, and then the two stayed there. Mm-hmm. What language do you speak in Ethiopia? Amharic. Mm. They have about 80 dialects. I looked that up and I said, oh, I wonder what language. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I speak one of them and it's it's called Amharic. And that's what everybody's that's in your what village spoke. spoke. Yes, yes. Um, Was there any English taught? Very little. Um, yes, there's some English, like American schools that you can attend. But the school that we attended wasn't really huge on English. And so when I came here... We spoke very little English, which made the experience even more wild. <laughs> but there's so many people that speak Amharic here. No. <laughs> and did your dad speak English? Because he was here. He was here before us. Yeah. So, so was he teaching you a little bit? or No, but we came to live with my uncle. My uncle had two kids that were born here. Mm. So that made, I think, the learning process much faster. What brought dad here? Um, work. Oh. Yeah. What yeah. kind of work? He's a, he's a nurse. Oh. But more to financial situations, I think, 
usually the dad comes to America, works, supports family back home kind of thing. Oh, and I so, see. Yeah, yeah, he came here to, to pursue nursing. Hmm. Nice. Um, Do you still speak? No, when you speak to your family, is it English or Amharic? Amharic. Oh, really? Yeah, fully. I mean, one of my uncle, he's been here for, I think, more than 30 years. So he's more Americanized. I speak to him in English. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the family, um, Is there a Google Translate Uh (laughs) Amharic? Yes, but not accurate at all. No. 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 They tried. It's it's all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I won't play a trick on you then. (laughs) Um, And so... How was that learning curve at 14? I mean, not speaking English very well. It's high school. We came, I I was in eighth grade, I remember. And it was kind of rough in the beginning because it's at that stage where I think kids are not matured enough to kind of understand you and that you're new to the country and you're new to the language. Mm -hmm. So everything is funny. (laughs) And I remember, like... I, in Ethiopia, in class, when you ask a question to the teacher, you have to stand up. Mm. <laughs> and I didn't know that it wasn't like that here. Uh-huh. So every time I have a question, I would stand up. <laughs> and, and they would laugh. Like, if I have yeah. to go to the restroom, I would get up. Uh-huh. And I would ask the teacher. And I didn't know if it was my clothes or if it was my, <laughs> like, anything. So I would come to school and I would change my clothes or, like, I would bring a different bag. And the laughter continues. No. <laughs> Nobody told you? <laughs> no one told me. Aww. And then I came home and I told my cousin who was born here. And then he was the one that was like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I told him. And then he was like, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Just sit and, 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 and ask casually. Oh, you got an early introduction to stand-up comedy. <laughs> 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 Because you can look at it that way. <laughs> um, and were you doing like English immersion, like intensive English classes? We, I, you go into this ESL class. Yeah. And I think, and I was also in choir where you sing and dance. Mm. And I think that that's where I learned the confidence to talk and to, to really, you know, talk to, like interact with people. At first I was really shy because I was scared of being made fun of mm-hmm. with my English. And I think that choir class kind of gave me the confidence to really put words together, talk to people. Do you think in English? You know, that's a good question. I think I do both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like definitely in the beginning, everything was in Amharic. Mm-hmm. But now it's a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> Dreams? Dreams definitely in English now. Yeah. Sometimes I would have those dreams where, like, I'm here, but some setting is in Ethiopia mm-hmm. and one of those. But I think English. I'm pretty sure tonight I'm going to dream in Amharic. Amharic. Yeah. I'll teach you some words. Thank you. I'm going to have a lot of questions. In <laughs> one of my best, best friends, she um, immigrated when she was 14 from mm-hmm. South Africa. And so she only spoke Afrikaans, came here, a similar experience, um, mm-hmm. just different cultures of school and all this. And, and she still says that she'll catch herself thinking in Afrikaans. Or you'd Even say now. something. Like, <laughs> she'll I would, say things in Afrikaans, yes. and I'm like, Lazan, that's what are you saying? She's like, oh, sorry. And then she'll repeat it. In, I would uh, talk to people, yeah. and the same thing would happen. I would throw a word, that's Amharic, <laughs> and then I would catch myself, wait, no, no. that's. And they're looking at you with these wide eyes. <laughs> or some let you continue. They just act like they... <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. My wife does that because like, our nanny would only speak Spanish as a, mm-hmm. their native language. Yeah. And so sometimes it was hard to communicate, and, we, and she didn't speak Spanish really. She just picked up some words here and there, and I would hear her talking to her in English, and I don't speak any Spanish. Then I would hear something that sounded like Spanish, and then I would hear some Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure she doesn't speak Hebrew. <laughs> so she's got like one one spot in her brain for English, and then all the other languages that she knows tidbits of are in the other spot. 
have Google Translate that. So what is the biggest thing you miss from Ethiopia? And do you travel back often? I I used to go like every other year. Did the rest of your family come? No, not really. You're my, split still? Um, my brothers, two of my brothers, they came here now and they're here. But they just came like two years ago. Oh. Um, my mom is still in Ethiopia. She hasn't mm-hmm. been here. Oh, really? Yeah. Does she, she, actually, she doesn't want to? Um, There's no wall. She doesn't want us to live here. She wants to come here and visit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she um, It's too high for her. She can't climb that <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, I think she wants to come and visit, but she definitely doesn't want to live here. I think she has such a great social life there mm-hmm. and church and the community, I think, is so close. Like your neighbors, like your family, and you're going to have coffee with them every day and things like that, I don't think she can handle, like, living, coming here where she doesn't know the language and she doesn't drive, where we, everyone is so busy here. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's she time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I FaceTime with her sometimes. So it's um, cool. And I show her around. <laughs> she would ask me, like, go outside, let me see what it's like. Because you, when you're in Ethiopia, you're thinking of America, like, this complete different world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think the trees are different. Like, it's just, it's a complete, you know. Yeah, our French friends that came over uh, when I was a kid, they thought they had to bring guns. They literally called my parents before they came over, and they said, we don't have any guns. Are we, <laughs> we going to be okay? And my parents are like, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> but all they've seen is, like, action films. Yep. Oh. So they think people are just shooting in the streets, and they were really concerned when they yeah. came. We're like, no, you're you're okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought there was no, like, I thought all, it was like New York everywhere. I thought yeah. it was just mm-hmm. high buildings. And when I came here, we, my uncle lived in Orange County, and it's the suburbs. Yeah. And so there isn't that many, like, tall buildings. High rises, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I was just like, whoa, okay, this is, this is not what I expected, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's very similar, yeah. Interesting. What didn't you like about nursing school? Um, when we did our clinicals, it was at a long-term care center, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it was actually ha- split in half. And one side was long-term patients, hospice, and then the other side was recovering mm-hmm. patients. And I think, like, when you build this relationship with the patients, because you were there every day, and then I remember there was one specific patient that, like, I would always be assigned to her and you build this relationship, and then one day I came back, and she wasn't there. Mm. And that wasn't because she felt better and left. Mm-hmm. She got better and left. It was because she passed away. Right. And I couldn't handle the idea of they're gone because they didn't make it, not because they got better. Of course, there's people that you know that get better and leave too. But just that attachment, it was too emotional and too, I don't know, too like heartbreaking in a way. For yeah. me. I think I think I took it too personal too. Those places are rough. I mean, I spent, yeah. a, it's a different, too long of a story, but I spent a lot of time in those skilled nursing facilities, and it's a really rough environment for the nurses as well. Yeah, and just even like the emotional factor. Yeah. Like, I think. And the family it, members who were there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and some patients are alone, and mm-hmm. you see them, and they don't have any visitors. And that was to me very, maybe the, also the, culture, the cultural components, like in Ethiopia. That would never happen. That would never happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're a grandma. Oh, like a hundred cousins. Like exactly. So like you take care of like my grandma, like my mom was taking care of her and she came to our place when she was no longer able to take care of herself. And so that was something I wasn't really accustomed to or used to. And seeing that, I just, it was too There's a lot of disrespect emotional. that happens yeah. in America to the older generation. Yeah. But even getting into the nursing thing, it wasn't like when we first came here, my uncle asked, okay, so what do you guys want to go to school for? <laughs> and he said, I wanted to do art. 
and he showed me venice beach <laughs> and he said and he said you have a very big chance of ending up here so i'm not going to let that in my household and he's the whole family is into the medical field mm-hmm. and so he's like if you're going to be with me and if i'm going to be responsible for you you're going to do nursing school and then when you're not living with me then you can go out and make your own decisions oh so that's what you did <laughs> yep <laughs> pretty much what appealed to you about art early on i was always into drawing oh um but i didn't really know like what like i didn't know the different things you can do with an art i I just knew drawing and then i think even after i came here he dismissed the idea of doing art school so i didn't look into it as much but i always drew in the house and i i just enjoyed it It what kind of things would you draw portraits oh really Mm -hmm. yes i i loved portraits that's like a skill level yeah um no, I mean, I'm not that good, but... <laughs> but even a portrait, like my portrait uh, is the hangman guy. No, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> I could do a 3D hangman, though. That's about it. <laughs> I love portraits and outdoor and like lines. I used to just doodle in class and play mm-hmm. with lines Okay, a lot. that's, I can, I'm with you on that. There you go. I'm have ADD, <laughs> so if you have to sit in class. Common grounds. Uh-huh. I have notebooks and notebooks full of beautiful Doodles. lines. Yeah. Yep. When you decided to do art... More formally, how did you get started? My husband, when I was in nursing school, was when I met him. And he was really the one that motivated me and inspired me. And he was like, Lily, like, look at you. You're miserable doing this. Um, it's okay to go out and explore. And it's okay to go out. You might not know exactly what you want to do, but, like, take different courses. He was like, go to a community college and take, like, electives. Say, like, if you want interior design, if you want painting, if you want drawing, just take these classes and see what interests you and then go from there. I love and him. And so <laughs> I love him. I've never honest. met him, but <laughs> yeah. where's he from? He's from Ethiopia. Oh, do, what language right. do you speak in the house? Um, we speak both Amharic. Mainly, I try to, we try to speak more Amharic, but... From similar cities, villages, or...? We're from this, yeah, we're from similar cities, but his family is from a different city and they actually speak a different dialect oh, really? so he gets to speak two of them hmm. oh right well you get to speak two of them i speak one dialect Wait, well he gets to speak two because he's from a different city so he's you? from the we're both from the capital city mm-hmm. but his family is from this tribe called gurage Addis Ababa. yeah we're from from Addis Ababa. <laughs> but then his his family is from this tribe called gurage and they speak a different language and it's called guraginya oh and um he can understand it. He he claims he can speak it well, but mm. since I don't <laughs> speak it, I don't know how mm. how credible that is. <laughs> and so, different tribes is it normally okay for you to cross tribes? It depends on the family. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I mean, it's so funny because my mom actually had this conversation <laughs> before I started dating him. Uh, no, it was once I started dating him. I asked my mom, "Mom, like, what would you like me to date? Like, what tribe of Ethiopian men if I was to date Ethiopia?" And at first, she was like, "No, whoever loves you and respects you, you can date." And I'm like, "No, but mom, what's your preference? <laughs> preference?" Yeah. And she said, "Well, I would prefer maybe Gurage. I don't know." She's like, "I have a bunch of friends that are Gurage, and it's something new. Like, we're not Gurage, so." you'd bring a new culture to the family. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I knew he was already Gurage. So I was like, okay, I'm going to find that guy. <laughs> and so it was a joke. And for a while, she would be like, Lily, how's it going? Are you dating? And I would be like, I'm still looking for the Gurage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so cool that you have such a tight connection to your culture. Um, I just love Ethiopian food. I've never been there. <laughs> I love going to Little Ethiopia. And Thanks. food, like, it's just like something you've never, you've never had before 
What parts of your culture do you really just love to bring into your life, really? The social life. Mm. How close people are to, like, you're so close to your neighbor. Your neighbor is, like, your family there. I remember coming here, like, I, I asked my uncle. He didn't know his neighbor's name. And that was so shocking to me because back home, literally every night, like, our neighbors would come over and we would have this coffee ceremony. Have you had Ethiopian coffee mm-hmm. before? It's a whole ceremony. Yeah. So we'd have the coffee ceremony. We'd have dinner together. And you really see your neighbor as your family. Mm-hmm. And then when I came here, it was completely different. And you're never home alone there. There's always someone <laughs> driving by. In your house. <laughs> in your house. Which is a good thing and sometimes not. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I think I, I miss that component of life. Just mm. the social life. Mm. And not being alone. And I think that also plays a huge role in mental health. And I was just thinking that, yeah. Yeah, hmm. like depression. Mm-hmm. The village in general, we, we see it, and we're going to talk about pregnancy pretty soon, but we see it as an interesting thing because all of us have moved away from our villages and our yeah. families, and most of us, we don't live on the property anymore with family. Yeah. And so when you have a child, you know, all that support that was there, even just exposure to people being pregnant, giving birth, breastfeeding. We don't have it the same way anymore. So it's sort of been replaced with like professions like uh, lactation educator or, you know, childbirth <laughs> educator, doula, night nurse. But, you know, all these things are things that were just there. And, yeah. and now we're sort of we're doing starving. our best to we're pay starving people. For it. We're starving for it. We're <laughs> still starving for that yeah. village mentality we, in our 21st century lives. We need it. I mean, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Raise and child. That's, we don't that's have the village literally anymore. what it is there. Yeah. You, you give birth and the whole village is there. You're not supposed to be left alone. And, like, your mom is here teaching you how to breastfeed. And then, like, the neighbor is making you drinks and food that helps you with, with lactation. And it's it's really a village that... that it's we, very enticing. I, like, I want to go move. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to okay. think about things. Someone's <laughs> cooking for me. Bed, bed, bed. Healthcare system is better. Here, yeah. So. Well... At least on my blog, the na- we got this one neighbor who knows everybody's business. So you're never alone. <laughs> uh, wow. Time is moving fast. So your husband says, try something artistic. See what you like. What did you do? I took a bunch of classes at Santa Monica College. I took an interior design class, a fashion class, like an art class. And even then, I took those classes and I couldn't decide between fashion and the design class I had. Interior designing, it was too much math for me so I'm like Mm -hmm. no but I did those two and then while I was going to school I was actually working as a nanny Mm -hmm. and then I was doing that nanny job and when I was done with that semester I had some extra time and so I started doing personal assisting with that extra time and that personal assisting job is what landed me the disenchantment job now oh really yeah and do you get to be artistic there not so much into drawing and stuff but I would be in editing and um, oh so you're part of the artistic process not like slightly I think more so so I can learn okay Um, I'm still fairly new to it and I think my boss is so nice enough to invite me into the editing session sometimes and recording sessions sometimes to just watch and learn the industry and it would help me I think in a sense where it can help me figure out what I really want to do that's so nice Mm -hmm. yes Um, That's really nice. And it sounds like you really like it. I love it. I love it. Because it's like you have art and then it's like art that speaks and shows emotions. (laughs) And it's like the best of both worlds. You get to create this thing that shows emotions and 
Yeah, they never, you never just show up to work and they're dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So. And then you get to watch screeners and things like yeah. that. So it's fun. Oh, screeners. Yeah. This time of year, especially. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, do you know where you want to go with it or are you just still exploring the options? I'm still exploring op- options. Um, with the UCLA extension, I was also taking animation mm. and then um, production class just to see what side of the industry I would want to be in more business production or creative i know creative is i think harder to really make it out mm-hmm. um but i'm still in the process of trying to figure it out i guess yeah yeah it's really cool um i can talk about ethiopia <laughs> for an entire session i can talk about animation for an entire session but i really want to talk also about your pregnancy and birth journey mm-hmm. that's but, the best part yeah <laughs> Um, we're going to have to do it after the break. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Lelia Kalu. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart. Literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Lelia Kalu. Uh, I loved meeting you and working with you during your pregnancy. Likewise. I don't, it was, first of all, you came from the nicest referral on the planet, so I knew you were going to be a solid person. Carmen. Carmen, your doula. Carmen is such an angel. She's an angel. There's no, I'm sure she's an angel. I'm absolutely she positive. She literally is an angel. <laughs> Next time I see her, I'm going to hug her and feel for the little wings on her back. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I can. I mean, I yeah. She's when I met you the first day, and like I I had I spoke to you. That's when I was like, yeah, it's it's Carmen. I met him through Carmen. Of course, he has yeah, to be. Yeah, that's how nice. I felt about you. <laughs> yeah, like Carmen has never sent me a person to work with who is not as just a super nice. She she draws from the universe. She really does. The nicest people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And 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 like I wasn't planning on having a doula in the beginning. We were trying to do it just me and 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 my husband. And I think Carmen, like I spoke to her, and she just drew me in. Yeah, that's and what I couldn't help it. Yeah. I'm still trying to get pregnant so she can be my dad. <laughs> so, um, okay, when did you just start thinking about motherhood? Honestly, it wasn't a planned pregnancy. I used to think like, oh, I'm going to – at first it was I would have a baby when I turned 25. But then you know how it goes. 25 comes and it's like, no, maybe 28. Yeah. <laughs> Work takes over and sure. you know, everything else. But one time my period was like a day late. Ooh. And it was just a day, but I'm such a control freak. Um, I went and I got a pregnancy test. I was at work, actually. Oh, right. And uh, 
I went to Ralph's, got a pregnancy test, and I couldn't even wait to go back to the office. So I went to the restroom there. In Ralph's? Yes. Oh. And I did the pregnancy test. And my luck, it was like a blurred line where you can't tell. Uh, <laughs> blurred lines. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Music. <laughs> so then I read about it and it was like, oh, it's, it's a blurred line when your hormones are not strong or whatever. But it says if you try it in the morning, first thing in the morning, you would have some sort of clarity. And so I... And then when you threw it out in the garbage, there were there like 19 other... <laughs> that's CBS in particular. I didn't throw it out. I was hoping, like, if I hold on to it oh, longer, it'll change. One it'll change. Now, so were I you hoping at it. for it to change pregnant or hoping for it to change not pregnant? You know what? At the time, I think not pregnant. Mm-hmm. I was so scared of just the idea of pregnancy and having a baby and how that can affect my life. It's just I, you always feel like you're not ready, I think. Or at least to me, I felt like I wasn't ready yet. Mm-hmm. But... I think once that line turns and you see that you're pregnant, something shifted in my head and it was like, okay, I'm pregnant. And then it's like you get a rush of excitement and at the same time nervousness too. And I couldn't really figure out like what is this feeling? I was so nervous, but at the same time I was very happy and I didn't tell my husband right away. Wait a second. Let's step back for a second. Were you trying not to have a baby at that time? I didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> but, so you weren't not trying. But there was no. So oh, yeah, I wasn't like, trying to have like oh like deliberately trying to have a baby. No. But also not trying to not have a baby. It was more like if it happens, it happens kind of oh, thing. Okay. I think that's how you and both felt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was more like if it happens, it happens. I wasn't on birth control or anything. Okay. But I did have that calendar that you have on your phone where you see your safe dates and <laughs> safe dates. To so that didn't not work. To not get pregnant. Okay, right. <laughs> and it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Uh, We're here mental now. Mental note. <laughs> here, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Extend safe date by three yeah. days on each side. Yeah. <laughs> there is one safe date. <laughs> Great. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. So you did, why didn't you tell him right away? I don't know. I was I was nervous. And with the crazy thing about it, he's so intuitive. That same day, the next morning that I did it, I saw it. Or maybe he saw me. I don't know. Um, that night he came home and he was like, babe, you look different today. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, I don't know. It's just something in your mind. Like, And I'm like, no, nothing. I'm fine. And then he said, are you pregnant? What? And I was like, what? Like, was he reading my mind? And then you get scared. It's like, what? Like, how? And then I told him, yeah. And then he was like, were you planning on telling me? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I was. But then I didn't know. Like, I didn't know how. I think I didn't know how to tell you. Or like, I didn't know. I was trying to understand myself and see how I feel. And then he was like, but it's me. Like, I would like I would feel everything with you. Like, you could just, you can tell me and we can feel it all together. But how do you know? I don't know, I, but he's very into it. I know. Yeah, he and I think he can also. I think he knows me so well by now. He can kind of see when I'm worried or when I'm, you know. And well, also probably the calendar. I think he's like, oh. maybe we did it on a oh. not so oh, safe day. I don't know. <laughs> You're sure that calendar? Right? Yes, yeah. we do. We do share that calendar. Oh, maybe though. you played around with your safe days on your calendar. <gasps> oh, oh, that would be so sneaky. Oh, you heard it here first on Springer. Yeah. <laughs> he was planning it all along. The Jerry Springer podcast. <laughs> here he is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All uh, right. <laughs> How was pregnancy for you? Um, the first three months, I had morning sickness right and left. When you say morning sickness. So, like I would get nauseous and I would throw up. Just in the morning? 
Um, no, throughout the day, kind of, yeah. And I didn't know, like, drinking water in the morning kind of makes it worse. Worse? So I would walk my dog in the morning, and I would be drinking water, thinking that would make it go away. Mm -hmm. Never fails. Every day I'm throwing up somewhere, walking my dog. And even, like, I think it was some Ethiopian food. I couldn't eat it my first three months. Every time I ate it, I would throw up maybe, like, 10, 10, 15 minutes after. So that kind of made it hard. And did, I didn't. Did your dog think something was up? <laughs> no, I'm sure he did. He 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 would like just stop. I think and and he would sniff me. He would. I, I don't know. Like I'm sure they can sense something. Yeah, they can I can almost sense. picture him actually scratching his little head. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Happy with my human. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think he's googling at nighttime. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Google. That's right. <laughs> But I think that was the hardest part in, in the beginning. And I didn't I didn't tell anyone at work. And we have, like, a very Ooh. intimate office, especially with, with me and a couple of my coworkers yeah. upstairs. And I remember I would have to run to the restroom sometimes to, to, <laughs> to, throw, up, to throw up. And my fear would be like, oh, my gosh, can they hear me? Uh, would they <laughs> yeah. know? would be like bad burritos. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm sure they think I'm having it. Like, I had a hangover or something, yeah. but it can be every day. Yeah, but, you come out every time. Don't eat a Charlie's. Yeah. Don't eat a Charlie's. <laughs> you know what? The sushi question. I remember one day we were having sushi for lunch, ah. and that came up, and they're like, Lily, you're not having sushi today. And I'm like, yeah, I can't have anything raw. Or they brought me sushi, and I ordered one with no nothing raw, and it came with something that mm-hmm. had raw fish. And I said, I can't eat this. And I'm like, why? It's and the I first had sign to, that your coworker is pregnant. I know, but I had to make up something. I'm like, I, my doctor said I can't have it. And then I think one of my coworkers pressed it, and she was just like, Oh, like, is everything okay? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I just, I think I have a bug or something. And I dismissed <laughs> it and walked away so fast. Yeah. Just <laughs> Did you not want to tell anybody just because you're waiting to get out of the first trimester? Yes, I, I wanted to wait until the Would first you have trimester. told people back in the village? Before my first trimester? In, in Ethiopia. No, I think I would wait still. Even in Ethiopia, I think they wait until they know for sure mm-hmm. that it's, you really? know, it's happening. Yeah, yeah, before they tell. That's like so universal and yeah. so so. I don't know, seemingly not helpful to people yeah. who it is. struggle. Yes, that's that's true. Yeah. It's very. I think in the beginning, it's very. Everyone is so secretive about this thing. I actually, I found out that I was pregnant in March, and Coachella was in April, and I had bought tickets oh, to go no. there with friends, <laughs> and I went there, and I didn't tell any of my friends that I was pregnant. And everyone kept asking me to drink. Do you want to drink? That's the second sign. No, no, no. But I took my prenatals and I told everyone that I was on antibiotics and I can't drink or I can't do anything. <laughs> and they're like, why'd you come? <laughs> but they believed me. They were like, oh, I guess if you're on antibiotics. I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm fine. But I had just as much fun as they did, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 Well, so your baby's already been to Coachella. Yep, that was her first concert. <laughs> How about the second trimester? Um, I think that was when I started telling my family. I told my brother first, and he was very happy. And I think that was when I had, like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be great. And I had my first, like, this is real, this is happening, and this is going to be a good experience moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was when I also, the morning sickness started going away, and I felt like I was getting my energy back. Food was enjoyable more. <laughs> when you told your co- coworkers, did they already know? Like because of the they did. Yeah. My I I yeah. told my coworker, and he was like, "I knew it, I knew it, I knew it." And some of them had a conversation about it. <laughs> 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 like, How she be? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, when in your pregnancy did you start to think about birth? Um, my friend was pregnant, and I think she gave birth. 
when I was around, like in, in mid-second trimester, and she had natural birth. And I had, before that, I never thought about birth plans or I thought you just go to the doctor, you do everything the doctor tells you, you come back home with the baby. Like that's (laughs) all, like it's just like follow the doctor and that's it. And she told me she had her baby without epidural. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's like a superwoman. I didn't know people did that in America at all. And that kind of inspired me. Like I I looked at her like just when she talked about her natural birth and her experience, it really touched me Mm. and that's when we started looking into classes and um, my husband found the Bradley method and we we did the Bradley method and I think that was a long series of classes yes it's 12 weeks 12 weeks yes but they go in details of natural birth and then medicated birth and some of the interventions what you know when you should do you know what like the different side effects and things like that of interventions pros and cons yeah pros and cons pretty much Where in the pregnancy did you – you remember how many weeks you were when you started and finished that? The Bradley method? I think I was about 18 weeks-ish. Okay. Yeah. So like 18 to 30. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 18 to 30. And it was it was early on, but it was – I think that was when I decided like, well, I want to have natural birth. And I even considered home birth. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we started looking into home birth, but – I talked to my like like I said, my family is all in the medical field, and when I talked to them, everyone was more like, "No, go to the hospital this time, have a hospital birth, and then see how your labor is, and your next one maybe you can have home birth." Did you feel good with that? I did. I I, I felt more comfortable because I didn't know what contractions were like, what the feeling was really, and people would tell me it's like when you get your period the cramps it's like 10 times that and I'm like I don't get cramps I don't know what those are like what do you mean and so I wanted to wait test it out test it out yep (laughs) and see um but I think as the class went on I got more clarity of my birth plan what I wanted and what I didn't want and we started making our birth plan and at the time we were thinking it could just be me and him we're going back and forth with the idea of having a doula or not we knew we wanted to be home for as long as we can, but it's like, could we do it? And um, we had guest speakers in class, <laughs> and they were talking about their birth experience. Mm. And my husband asked, well, how come you guys didn't have a doula? And her her husband said, I am very competitive. And so I didn't know if that was a good idea. And that's when I was, and my husband was like, I'm competitive too. We're not having a doula. <laughs> and, and yeah, that kind of was like, okay, we can do it alone. But then later on, some I went to, that's that's how I met you. Mm-hmm. I went to my appointment, I think my 30, uh, 37 weeks, 38 weeks appointment. And my doctor told me she was measuring about eight pounds. And that's when I kind of was like, okay, no, I think we need to do, uh, I don't know how this is going to be. I was kind of scared. And that's how I met Dr. Willett. Yeah, you can't have a giant-sized baby without a doula. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I didn't know. It was just like I was, my doctor was like, you have to watch your diet because she might gain like a pound a week after this. And so. How big was she at birth? Uh, seven pounds okay. and 14 and, ounces. And where were you in relation to your due date? I was exactly my due date. Right. I, I, my due date was yeah. on the 16th, and I had her on the 17th. So you just never know, but it's just so notoriously inaccurate yes. that, that there's no fetal scale. So, <laughs> That's... you know, we take a picture. It's a grainy picture. The machine does a calculation and gives you an estimate, but yeah. it has such a big margin of error in both directions. Yes. And because we're always looking for problems, if it's, you know, 
the margin of error is if, if the reading's on the higher side, then we push that margin of error and say, oh, no, it's going to be an 11-pound baby. And oh, God. And we Google. <laughs> if it's and on then... the lower side, then we say, oh, no, it's a preemie. we got to get it out right away. Yeah. So it's really um, – it's just not an accurate measure. Sometimes it's right, <laughs> yeah. but some, it's very often not right. Oh, yeah. So you, because I only say that because you were worried when I met you. You were like, oh, my God. I, mean, I was this freaking out. baby. I called Carmen, and I think – I don't know if I was crying. I was like, Carmen, he said it's – Eight pounds. I don't know. I really wanted a natural birth. Like, do you think? Like, do you think that's gonna happen? I don't know. Like, have you had? You're a doula. You've been to several births. Like, have you had other women that had bigger babies and that were able to have natural birth? And she was like, to start out with, like those measurements are not completely accurate. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. Like, listen to your body, and if you feel okay, you're 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 gonna be fine. Just just listen to your body. Trust your body, and you can do this. And she, then she also introduced me to Dr. Rillen. And I came for an adjustment. And I think the conversation I had with you also helped. You actually showed me one of the guests you had on your podcast. Oh, yeah, video. Sarah Wright Olson. Yep. And she had a baby. I think that was 10 pounds. Almost 11. Yeah. And she did natural birth. And when I listened oh to that goodness. podcast, it was like home. I felt so confident. I think because you're so vulnerable, you hear that. And it was like, oh my gosh, okay, I can do this. Because I'm doing the calculation in my my head. I'm like, if she gains a pound a week, she's going to be 10 pounds by the time my due date comes. And if she's able to do it, I think I'll be able to do it too. Sarah's really petite. She's a little taller, a little taller, but she's really petite and small. And she just, uh, no no drugs. You know, she she had a pretty enjoyable birth. She really liked it. And uh, she gave this, and she didn't even tear with this 11-pound baby. I, and, uh, wow. I know. You it gotta was... listen to the episode called Labor Day Surprises. It's a three-part series on here. It's her and her sister-in-law both have these interesting <laughs> twists. Hers was the 11-pound baby. Her sister-in-law was a surprise breach. Oh, wow. Or you could also watch it on The Real Midwives yeah. on YouTube, The Real, Real I, Midwives. I watched and, it on uh, there. I, I, I listened to the podcast, and then I watched it again on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Wright Olson, her fifth episode is where she t- shows uh, talks about that fifth, uh, that eleven pound baby. It's just, and she's so inspiring, and you're inspiring. That was so inspiring to me. I think that was like the first peace of mind. I'm like, okay, maybe this, I can do. Maybe this. I can do this. Yeah, and then I, I, I continued coming to you. I know. Well, first we had to create our whole animated series. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, and then, um, yeah, I, I loved your energy. I still love. Your energy and your passion and your curiosity and your honesty and your realness and just how you are thinking about things and processing things. And, you know, I think your 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 frontal cortex, the new part of the brain, was just overanalyzing, I think, a little bit because you're being fed information mm. that was sort of useless information for you. Uh, I was, yeah, I think that was the hardest thing. I, I mean, I would come home and I would be Googling things, too. And I don't know if that's really a good thing because never. It's <laughs> just like your mind goes on this like on this rail, you're just going one one like one link to another and to another, and it's it leads you to a place where you really don't want to be. And I think that really freaked me out. The more I looked into it, and I would come home, and that would be all I talk about. My husband is like, "Baby, like it's okay. You're gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine. You've had a healthy pregnancy so far. Just trust your body, and you'll be okay." Have I told you that I love him? <laughs> I love him too. So we have something uh, in common. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he was he was a huge support. 
And he, he let his competitive guard down so Carmen can come in. He loved Carmen instantly. Oh, that's great. So, I, yeah, I called Carmen and she was just like, I am there for you. And she she just told me, like, any question. I know you and your husband want to do it. If you guys want to do it, go ahead. And then if it comes a time where you guys need me, I can also be there. Mm-hmm. So if you guys just want to try out, tie it out where it was just you and him, do that too. It's fine. But know that I'm here for you. That's amazing. And that made me feel so good. Yes. And so he met her and he instantly was just in love. He was like, yeah, we should have Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like at the very end, I saw you like the day you went into labor, right? Yeah, or is yeah. that right? Yeah. I, in the morning. I started my contractions. I remember Saturday and I texted you that day, I think. I, I, I was like, uh, I think I'm having contractions because I had... I saw my doc, my OB, on Friday, and he said my baby was still pretty high up. And so I even made an appointment. My my due date was supposed to be Saturday. And I even made an appointment for Monday because we didn't think she was going to yeah. come. So he's like, if she comes, great. If not, like, I'll, I'll see you Monday, and we'll go from there. And uh, if you remember, my baby wasn't engaged mm-hmm. um, until the last minute. Yeah, very end. Yeah, oh. until the end. And so I... Um, when I felt like I was getting the contractions, I wasn't sure if it was Braxton Hicks or contractions. And um, Saturday afternoon, me and my husband had sex. This is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had sex. And I think an hour after that, I lost my mucus plug. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that then, worked. Yeah. <laughs> but I still wasn't sure if it was, if it was there or yeah. not because I remember on my appointment on Friday – she was still pretty high, so I didn't think it would come. I texted Dr. Berlin to see if if I can go in on Sunday. And by then, I think my contractions were taking off, kind of. Mm-hmm. I saw you that day, and you did an yeah. adjustment, which I think helped. Because even when I saw you, she was still kind of up high, right? She wasn't. Uh, at the very end of your session, it felt like she was not – I don't couldn't tell if she was engaged or not, but not floaty, you yeah. know, down yeah. against your pubic bone. And um, – and my labor took off right after after I saw you. I remember I went home, and then it became cons- my my contractions became more consistent. So I think yeah, a lot of that visit was more about your mind was still like going. You, you showed know? me that elephant video. Oh, the elephant birth. Yes, and that <laughs> made me so much. That made me feel so much better because I remember I saw the elephant video and and because I wasn't sure. I remember I was freaking out and I was telling you like I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I'm scared, and you were like, "Don't be scared." Look at this elephant. She, <laughs> she gave birth and she did it without. She didn't take Bradley. Not she even didn't one, take Bradley. Not she, didn't have, she didn't have a chiropractor. She didn't have <laughs> didn't take a class. It's a <laughs> So she was able to do it and you can do it too. And I think that also it gives you like a rush of confidence and a boost. And yeah, I went home that day and I think my labor progressed. Um, my family was over at my house for some reason. I think they were like organizing the house and things like that, getting ready. And I didn't want to tell them mm-hmm. because I knew if I tell them, they would all want to be there when I give birth mm-hmm. and it would be the whole the village. village again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I was like, no, I want this to be more an intimate thing. And every time I had contractions, I would go to the bedroom yeah. and I would look at myself in the mirror and I would be like, it's okay. I would just breathe in and talk to myself in the mirror and say, okay, baby girl, you're getting closer. That's why I'm feeling this. It's a good thing. And I would just breathe and then come out and act like nothing happened to them. Mm. <laughs> did you signal to your husband at all, like, it's happening? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> he knew and you knew, but they didn't know. Yeah. No one knew. <laughs> and um, How did your labor progress? That night, it 
it progressed. It got, I think, it was like seven minutes, up, no, like maybe like eight minutes, ten minutes apart. And uh, my husband was with me the whole night. Mm-hmm. And he would give me massages to relax me. The night before, when I felt like I was kind of getting it, I was so anxious I couldn't sleep. I actually mm-hmm. didn't have any pain, but I think it was the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't sleep. So I felt really tired that day, and I knew I had to rest. So um, he gave me a massage so I can rest until I fell asleep. And he's really good with guided meditations. So oh. he did like a guided. Oh, he was doing visual imagery for yes, you? Yes, and oh. that, that really helped me go back to sleep. And I went to sleep, and I slept for about, I think, two hours and um, got up again. And that time he was sleeping. So I wanted him to rest for the next day. So I took a bath. I think the bath helped. I was in there for about, I think, two hours. Oh, wow. And having it was like, surges? Um, yeah, yeah. I was having contractions even. What did they feel like? It was like in the bath, I think it was like, it felt like something was like holding you. Like, I mean, something was like, it was my stomach felt tight. Mm-hmm. And then it goes away, but then it's like it would come back again, and I feel it all around, like my waist and my like my back, and then. So you're feeling more of the tension than pain. Yeah, it was more, I think, tension. Okay. But then it was also so in the bath, and it was like a th- like I would go in this trance, like it would come in, like my contractions would start, and then I would start breathing, because I would always remind myself just surrender mm-hmm. and breathe through it, and if you fight it, it's contractions, so then you're gonna be contracting more or whatever and like it gets harder and so I I stayed in there for a while finally I think it progressed in the morning it was getting more painful and we called Carmen uh we called her I think around eight and she came like eight thirty. but before we called her I was kind of questioning myself okay when it was getting more painful I was like uh can I do this am I going to do it without epidural that's when like the self-doubt mm-hmm. kind of came in yeah and um I don't know if I'm going to do this. Should I go to the hospital or can I really stay at home longer Longer. than this? And Carmen came and I think she gave that rush of confidence again. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, my gosh, you're 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 fine. You're doing so good. And, you know, when someone tells you you're doing good, it's like, okay, I'm doing good. But then when they're like, oh, you're terrible, you start crying and all that (laughs) stuff. And so she came and she was like, you're doing so good. You um, we can do this. Come on. And she took me out on a walk and we walked to the beach and I think that walk kind of changed everything because throughout the walk, we were doing some different exercises and breathing. And then she was just like, I think, like looking at the ocean and she was telling me about her birth. And that kind of just took my head off of the freaking out and doubting myself and, you know, and everything. And um, yeah, we walked to the beach. We were there for about an hour, I think, came back and the contractions progressed as the day went on. Um, Progress in terms of closer together or more intense? Closer together and a little bit more intense too. But at the same time, it was so spiritual because Mm -hmm. it was just me, Carmen, and my husband. And she put on this music that was so relaxing. Mm -hmm. And my dog was there. And my dog usually like barks for attention. And that day he was so mellow Mm -hmm. and he was just next to me the whole time. Mm And it just felt like we were in a different place. I forgot that it's like it was my house. You kind Mm -hmm. of, and we had like this red light in the room and you forget that you're there. And she would like, she would, she wasn't too invasive. I think she was, she would let my husband come and give me a massage while she would be on the other side talking to me and, you know, 
and and letting me know that I can do this and I'm strong and vice versa. They were just synchronized so well. Wow. Where like if she's if she's doing a massage or if she's having me do an exercise, he would be talking to me. And then if she's you know vice versa. It sounds like a great puzzle. They were such a great team. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I think that made the whole experience so beautiful. It was just learning to trust your body. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when I also realized, okay, I'm, I can do this. I, you know, we can, we can do this. And we stayed at home, I think, till about five. And around five, I started asking, okay, should we go to the (laughs) hospital now? And I think Carmen knew, like, I was still very early. Mm -hmm. And she suggested we go to the beach again. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was like the calm down. (laughs) And we went to the beach again, and that was around sunset. And we actually saw dolphins, which made it so much more special because it's crazy. Like, I go to that beach almost every day, and I've never seen dolphins. Dolphins there? Yeah. And and that day, we saw dolphins. Oh, they could have done an ultrasound for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, um, yeah, we stayed there for a while. And then that, then my contractions were very closer to each other. I think maybe like five minutes mm-hmm. or so. Then we went back and I took a nap, I think, for about 30 minutes after that. Carmen did a massage. My contractions were getting intense, I think, and much more painful too. Mm-hmm. But I was just breathing through it. And I think that breathing really helped. Mm. And yeah, I took, about, I took a nap for about 30 minutes. And then we left to the hospital. When we got to the hospital, I was eight centimeters dilated. Oh, wow. So you did <laughs> what nice. you wanted. Yes. I was so scared to even get measured. Part of me was like, okay, maybe I should tell Carmen to find out what my dilation, or how and much I dilated, you. and, then tell and me not, not tell me. <laughs> yeah. But then there was also that part of me that's so anxious that I needed to know right away. Yeah. And uh, they told me it was eight centimeters. And then I think within an hour, I was 10 centimeters dilated. Oh, Though my wow. water didn't break. Oh, really? No. Um, did they break it for you? Or? Yes. Oh, so then my, my OB asked if he can rapture my water, and I agreed, which I think I wouldn't if I was to do it over again. What, why? Um, I I just want my, my body to take the natural it course its and yeah. its, its own way and just sense. really trust it all the way. I, and, yeah, I, I said okay, and, and it was pushing time. And... Uh, when we were pushing, I felt like all three of us were like one person. <laughs> we literally like they were both holding me and we're all pushing together. Like I would grunt or scream, I think, and they would do it with me. Wow. Every single one. Every single time I pushed, they would do it with me. And that moment was so spiritual. So I felt like we were one person. Like uh, I think at my wife's birth in particular. Yeah. Um, at, at our first, she pushed for a while. I thought I was going to have a hernia from the amount of pushing that I was doing. <laughs> I'm sure. Were you, weren't you sore? Like they were, yeah. <laughs> they were like, push, 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 push. And, and, and you're just, it's almost like when I feed my kids baby food yeah. and I open my mouth. Ah. I was going to say, <laughs> I know? smile whenever I take someone's, someone else's picture. Yes. If I'm taking someone's picture, I'll be like, smile, and I'm smiling while I'm taking their picture. And you just want it, you want it to be productive for you, I guess. So you're just like... Pushing with her. Yes. <laughs> and there's something we said about that energy, though. The energy that they're generating with you and, like, it, that. It just, it literally felt like we were one person and nothing existed besides, like, us three. How long did you push for? Oh, that was a while. Because in the beginning, I didn't know how to push. Right. 
And I felt like I was pushing wrong, and I felt like I had to go to the restroom. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling Carmen, like, no, Carmen, I'm going to poop if I keep doing this. And she would be like, really, no, it's okay, go for that. And she literally had to to take me to to the bathroom. And then she had me sit down on the stool and say, push as if you're going to poop. And it's okay, you're in the bathroom. I'm here with you. If you do, it's okay. And I pushed. You could have had the water birth you were hoping for. Yeah. There. Not so pretty. <laughs> and uh, she had me push and she was like, see, there's nothing. You're fine. But this is how this is how it's going to come out. You just have to push as if you're going to poop. And then I think that changed the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. But one thing I left out, when he ruptured my water, mm-hmm. my doctor noticed that my baby was turned the um, opposite way. Posterior. Yes. And so he Were you having it, any of your contraction pain in your in, in your back or was it all in your belly? I think it was more on my belly than than mm-hmm. my back, and so he noticed. No, actually, it was it was it was wrapped around. All around, too. Oh, yeah, it was all around. Mm-hmm. And um, when he said it was, she was turned to the front poster. poster um, Carmen actually said, "Okay, this is the time that you talk to your baby, and she's gonna listen to you." Mm-hmm. And I remember she would just tell me like. Talk to your baby and tell her to turn around and she's going to do it. She's going to listen to you and just do it. And I I was talking to her. I was just breathing. Yes, and out loud. I'm like, baby girl, you can do this. Just turn around. I know you're listening to me and you're going to do this. And then he came back 15 minutes later, and she's completely turned around. Wow. She That's was completely fantastic. turned around. I, what a good child. never listened to me like we that. We were all in awe. Like, <laughs> yeah, and... Um, Clean up your room. No. <laughs> Turn over. I hope she continues this. This, <laughs> this behavior. But, yeah, and after that, I pushed, I think, for maybe 30 more minutes. Once you got the hang of it, how was pushing for you? Did it feel exhilarating? Was it painful? Um, No, I think once I got the hang of it, it progressed much quicker and then the adrenaline kicked in and I think the room got louder and they were like oh my gosh oh my gosh you could do it yes 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 and I think as that energy was there you stop thinking about the pain Mm. like throughout the whole pregnancy what scared me the most was the pushing part I thought that was going to be the most painful thing you can experience and it wasn't at all at the time I couldn't even think about the pain I was so excited I asked if I can touch her head and before she came out, before because they said we can see her head, and I asked if I can touch it, mm-hmm. and they allowed me to touch it. And once I did that, I couldn't even think about the pain. Yeah. It was more like wow. push as much as you can, mm. and I was just thinking about the push and how long I can hold my breath <laughs> to to, yeah. to push out. And then she came out, and I think that was a moment that I have no words to to mm. explain because everything you went through just disappears and it becomes joy (laughs) i wish the people listening could see your face right now (laughs) yes it was just joy like i forgot about everything except just the beautiful experience Mm -hmm. it was and i don't know i guess you could say like your life i don't know is it cliche to say my life changed it did i I don't think it's cliche i think (laughs) people talk about a lot when you have your first kid especially there's two births happening at the same time Mm -hmm. the birth of the baby and the birth of the mother and it's just like at that moment, you went from being someone's daughter to being someone's mother. And yeah, like and it's that. just like it's this happiness that kicks in. And it's like you have no words to explain yeah. that moment. And I think I, I still, I don't know, I still get kind of like I don't know. It's It was just it was pure joy. Did you have pictures or a video? Yes, I have 
Carmen was secretly taking pictures. I don't even know how. <laughs> like in my head, I'm in my head. She's next to me the whole time. I did not feel like she left my side at all. But she surprised us with some pictures yeah, afterwards, she's a little paparazzi. Which, which was amazing because I was just. I mean, she was telling my husband to just focus on me and not the pictures because we had the whole camera mm-hmm. set up and everything. And he wanted to go take pictures, and she told him, "No, just be there. This is what." What, what what would benefit her right now and we forgot about it at all and we didn't think we had any pictures and mm. then I she think a week later you. she surprised us with a Aww. bunch of pictures oh which, that's so nice that's very nice yeah um, well first of all I just as a side note I'm the photographer in the family and I'm sometimes working so hard to take pictures <laughs> of whatever momentous occasion is happening yeah that I totally miss out on the momentous occasion and it's happened a lot so I kind of mm-hmm. stopped doing that I'll like snap one or two pictures and then I'm in it in the yeah. presence um, we ran out of time. Well, <laughs> but that's, I knew that was going to happen because I have three topics to talk to you about that I can go on for at least an episode apiece. Yeah. But I'm really, really so grateful to Carmen and the universe for introducing us. I'm very inspired by you, and um, I just you're the you can tell by listening to you even at home that mm-hmm. you're the kind of person that you just don't get to be around all the time. Oh, thank so. you. I I'm so happy that I met you too. It was I think it made the whole experience full. It, made, it brought it to a whole circle. It's a like, love fest. From the first like video from the first podcast that you that I listened to of yours, I think that was the first kick that I had of confidence and just feeling that I can do it. And that really played a huge role to the elephant video, the which elephant was at the video. end. Yes. I guess we'll tag it when we post <laughs> yeah. this episode. It's on YouTube. Anybody can watch it. It's yeah. um yeah, and you know we have a lot of episodes about home birth. A lot, a lot of our clients do home birth, and we have um, also episodes about hospital birth and medicated birth and cesarean birth. But we actually don't have that many about people who plan a, a natural birth at a hospital or mm-hmm. an unmedicated birth at a hospital, and then go ahead and do it and share mm-hmm. the story, and and they love their birth experience. So um, I'm really it, it's something that people can listen to and and hear a different perspective and. And um, be inspired by perhaps like I am. I hope it can help someone just as much as the other podcast yeah, helped me. <laughs> maybe you'll even come back because then you were like, well, I think I might want to become a doula. I, I told Carmen that. Now I'm considering it. Really, I, I am. And um, I actually asked her if I can take some classes. And she referred some classes to me. And she also told me I can attend some births with her. That's so I'm amazing. looking forward I, to that. I, yeah. so exciting. I can so picture you being an <laughs> Yo, amazing yeah. doula. I was like, I you am, need to be there if I'm ever pregnant. Oh, really, <laughs> I am, I am obsessed with birth and like moms now. The way I look at pregnant people is completely different now. It's, yeah. yeah, I definitely Does this make it. you more want to do our animated series on pregnancy and childbirth? or? Uh... Yes. Mm, no. <laughs> I just, I just want. It's like a. I want to be with moms, and I want to help. Like I think, just as much as Carmen helped me, just as much as you helped me, just the whole team. Like I want to contribute to someone like that, and it's such a huge role. And it's it, just having a team is such a great way. It's such a great support. I would love to do that for someone. I can't imagine how you guys feel. Like just, just giving someone that that much, you know, that much support and having someone feel this way mm-hmm. every yeah. day. I feel lucky. I feel blessed. I mean, yeah. when I was five years old, somebody said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a doula. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here, Julia. Thanks Thank for co-hosting so with me again. And uh, Lily, thanks for sharing your story at home. If you're listening and you have any suggestions for topics you want to hear about, 
Believe it or not, if you send them to info at informedpregnancy.com, we will reply to you. And if it's a good suggestion, we will uh, make an episode for you. So write to info at informedpregnancy.com.